Are you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we're the quantum mechanics. We're the paranormal podcast for the believers, the doubters, and everyone in between. Um, I wanted to mention something about last week's episode, Ben. Not not a huge weird thing, but it was slightly weird, wasn't it? You probably couldn't tell by listening to it. It's the one we did on very British UFO encounters. I just coughed and spluttered my way through all that, didn't I? You you weren't well. And then you communicated a bit of it to me. We were both coughing and spluttering, but yeah, you were much worse. It was terrible. So I don't think you can hear it when you listen back because we managed to just edit all the coughing and spluttering out and re-record when I was struggling. But I really struggled to get through last week's episode. And I was thinking back on it. And when I listened back, when I was editing, the really weird bit about it, and I'm not saying this is paranormal, but it was strange that there was a couple of times in the episodes when it was really bad when one i'd mentioned um this guy who'd been involved in this ufo incident and he woke up and he couldn't speak he'd lost his voice i noticed that's when i started coughing and spluttering when we were recording and then the second bit we were talking about the ethereus society and dr king and how he channeled alien uh, alien entities through his speech and his larynx and again every time i mention that that's when yeah, i that lost my true. voice that is true now that could be some kind of weird psychological thing or um yeah something slightly weirder but i thought i'd mention it because we didn't mention it on the podcast but it was a struggle last week wasn't it it was and then your lights broke that's true the lights broke flickering on yeah it's, it's funny though when we have all those things i almost think that no, can't be paranormal but you know you then kind of go hmm, it's a little strange did, did you put a new bulb in and it was fine? No, I haven't done anything to it. Oh. It's, it, the next day it was absolutely fine. Oh, that is a bit curious. That is weird. We'll, we'll have a, um, a stakeout in here one day, but if we find it's haunted, you'll have to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, I thought I'd share that, but yes... Um, I'd like to thank Ben for this was a bit of a struggle. Every time I got two sentences in, I'd have a cough and a splutter and we'd have to read. Well, it. we've so taken we... it in turns. I, I coughed and spluttered my way through COVID. That's true. I'm still not out the back of COVID. It's sort of it's still sitting on my chest, but Yeah, yeah. It's better. Still still sitting on your chest like a succubus. Like a suc well oh um well, an incubus. I, I always get the No, no, a, su- a succubus is the girl one. Yeah. I don't really want it to be a succubus. Can it not just be I'd rather a hag than a succubus. Okay. Sitting on your chest like an old hag. Sitting on my chest like an old hag. <laughs> well, look, talking of rooms, and we are sort of in your room, I want to take you back to the late 80s and the mid-90s, I suppose, in my room. It's all right. <laughs> There's a reason for this. <laughs> okay. And, I, I, I hope this involves Rubik's Cubes and nothing else. No, no. It involves a wonderful shortwave listening radio that i had set oh, up yes uh, an old sony one and i had i was proper geek because my dad was a radio uh, person as well and he set up um this aerial for me and i could listen to radio stations from all around the world i didn't just have to put up with the local pop stations or oh, okay. atlantic 252 so you were more um so it wasn't just radio caroline and the pirate stations you went much further afield yeah radio well this is t- total geek radio caroline by that time was on the astra satellite but that is a that will bore so many people don't go away i'm not going to talk about that <laughs> yeah. um but what i discovered was art bell and uh, yeah, coast, coast to coast, coast am coast, yeah yeah 
And I suddenly realised, well, not suddenly, I just had a stroke of thought in the shower the other day and I thought, I really must go back to some of those Art Bell interviews because they are wonderful and just for my own edification. And then I came across one which I'd listened to in the sort of mid-90s and I realised I hadn't, I hadn't heard any more about the case, so I followed it up. Oh, brilliant. So this week we're talking about Mad Mike Markham. I love that. Magma. It sounds like um, sounds like uh, one of those male stripper movies. It does, yeah. What's the other one that's the... Um... Magic Mike, isn't it? Magic Mike, yeah. No, this is Mad this Man is, Markham. It's not Magic Mad Mike Markham, no. No, and it was Art Bell that gave him the name of Mad Man Markham. Can I just say, before you plough on, Art Bell, respect. Oh, he is... He's a legend. Art Bell and... Um, the Midnight in the Desert yeah, one yeah, as well. Yeah. That used to... When he comes in with that gravelly voice that I'd love to be able to emulate but never could yeah. or can. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be, wherever you are, welcome to Midnight in the Desert. And he says, it's midnight in the desert. And there I am in a small village in Oxfordshire going, All right, yep, <laughs> it's uh, whatever time it is in the small village in Oxfordshire. But it sounded, Amazing. I just wanted to be there. It's, it's funny, it's a bit like that Hollywood glamour we were talking about last week of um, when we, UFO encounters and the difference between New Mexico and Sirencester. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sirencester. Sirencester back in with another mention. Yeah. We haven't had anybody from Sirencester contact us. If you are listening and you are from Sirencester, let, let us know. Yeah. Bring us a coffee. Yeah, from the lovely coffee pot, yeah. uh, coffee machine. Anyway, anyway sorry, I, I, I digressed. In 1995, Mad Mike Markham did his first phone interview with Art Bell. And the reason being is because he had just come out of jail and you're going to find out why. And the story is remarkable. And the follow-up is kind of like, hmm. So in 1995, he set out to build a Jacob's Ladder. Do you know what a Jacob's Ladder is? I'd forgotten. (sighs) You know, no, I've forgotten as well. I remember seeing the movie with Tim Robbins. Oh, yeah, it's not like that. (laughs) No, that was was a very harrowing thing. It's not that. It's not that. It's... um, Two pieces of wire that sit in a sort of y sh- or V-shape, I should say, aside from each other, and sparks jump across them. Okay. Um, and you get an arc, and the arc rises up the Jacob's Ladder. So it starts off short and goes long. If you see what I'm, Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, so I obviously didn't know what a Jacob's Ladder is, because I've never heard that before, so that's interesting. And the reason it does that is because the heat from the, the plasma in the electricity causes the air to um cause everything you know causes it to rise basically i'm no uh, i'm not a scientist you can tell but that's why it goes up it causes a scientific reaction it causes a scientific reaction that uh, it sounds like those kind of experiments that they they would do in school just can everyone would go ooh uh, yeah that's right yeah yeah so like when they put the um uh, what, what do you call that device which makes your hair stand on end? Oh, you? yeah, 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 you put your hands on it. That's uh, yeah, it, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. It's, yeah, it's, it's, like as, it's, yeah. As, it's like that. Yeah. Um, and he had decided that to make his Jacob's Ladder work better, he used a modified CD laser. So you know, obviously, say lasers are inside um, CD machines. Yeah. It lowers the... Um, what, what's, what's it saying in my notes? It lowers, it lowers the resistance of the air. So it basically makes it easier for the, for the um, spark 
to okay. go higher. Okay, right. yeah. the arc, yeah. the spark arc, the spark arc, and he notices this strange effect when he turns it on. There's a heat signature, and um, he tries to describe it to Art, and the best they can come to is Art says, "Is it like on a um, uh, a hot day, and you can you can see the heat coming off the pavement?" And he says, "Yeah, it's like that." Except this one is round, circular. It's like a vortex. Okay. And, again, you think nothing of this. Except Madman Markham decides to throw a metal screw into the vortex to see what would, what would happen. He didn't get that name for nothing, did he? No. <laughs> <laughs> and it disappeared. For about half a second, he claims it disappeared. Oh, what, completely? So Completely. Wow. It blinked out of existence for about half a second. Like The Fly, the movie The Fly. Right, yeah. yeah wow. Um, and he starts putting more and more power through this machine. I mean, he's built his own um, transformers to make this happen, I should right, say. Right. Um, but he burns the CD laser out. So he thinks, I might as well use larger transformers so if you're not familiar a transformer basically if you wrap wire around a magnet there is ways of manipulating it so you can create um, you can boost voltage um, and then you can fiddle around with the maths of electricity and get yourself more than you know you can get more voltage than you started with if you lose some amps, things like that. Again, I'm getting too technical for you. And it's funny, I've just had one of those little weird music um, jots. Oh, yeah. I was listening today, and I haven't listened to it for ages. Half Man, Half Biscuits, All I Want for Christmas is a Dupla Prague Away kit, <laughs> which has the lyric about scale electrics. It was a dodgy transformer, and again and again, a dodgy transformer. Uh, well. So that's a weird coincidence. That is a weird coincidence. Well. Like Limp Biscuit, he did half biscuit. Sorry, half man, half biscuit. He did have a dodgy transformer. Um, So he went to try and buy some actual professional ones. Then he realised I don't have. So he says to Art, "They're about thirteen thousand dollars." Right. This is in nineteen ninety-five, and he hasn't got thirteen thousand dollars, and he needs more than one. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> His local power station have six old transformers yeah. that just, aren't plugged in. Just knocking around. Yeah. And he goes with a mate <laughs> to... Yeah. Oh. He's planning on taking three, but he gets carried away, and he takes all six. Right. And he sets up the transformers to the outlets in his house. <laughs> That must just take so much energy. That's got to be... Was he blow up the whole neighbourhood? Well, you see, this is part of the problem. So when he hooks up the new and improved Jacob's Ladder stroke time machine, yes. uh, he drew more power than he expected and browned out half the town. Oh, he did? Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's well, even reports of home appliances being destroyed. God, you don't want to wait to see that bill come through, do you? No. Your electricity bill would be ridiculous. Well, this is the thing that I didn't quite understand because, like, my partner moans at me if I leave the telly on when I go upstairs. Yeah. And that, I've worked out, that draws about 2p an hour. Yeah. So, Mike, yeah. With his six Transformers. Wow. So, I think this is genius. In a bid to get around being noticed uh, that he's browning out half the town, he starts working at night. Right. So when they, the people aren't using so much energy? 
Well, he just thinks if he browns out the town, no one will know. Because they're asleep. Because they're asleep. Right. But unfortunately, the local police come knocking. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. And they have a search warrant, and they come in, and they find that he is asleep. And (laughs) this is great. Amongst the things that they find in his house, an electric cigarette lighter made out of a microwave oven, electric piggy bank, and six stolen Transformers. It's like a slightly darker version of the the inventor in Gremlins. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll make a cigarette lighter out of a microwave. Because <laughs> <laughs> that'll be handy. <laughs> it's the, it also reminds me a bit of um, Bob Lazar, second week in a row for mentioning Bob Lazar. Yeah, yeah. But I think this guy, he has some of the Bob Lazars about him. Yeah. A touch um, of the Lazars. He has a touch of the Lazars. Uh, he goes to jail for 60 days, basically for um, uh, stealing the Transformers. I mean, that's, that, I, I, that's, that could have been worse. Oh, it could have been a lot worse. And it I'm, could have I'm, been a lot worse. I, I assume you have to give the Transformers back as well. So he's Transformerless and he's in jail. He's Transformerless and he's in jail. By the way, the thing that... Um, so Art asks him... So presumably they turn up because they're trying to find the man who has been browning out the town. That's what you would think, right? Yeah. No, his roommate broke away a neighbour's sliding door with a BB gun. And that's what drew the police's attention. Oh, so they weren't even after him? Well, no, they did. They were just coming around to investigate. Right. They had a suspicion that there might be more about Mad Mike, but they were coming around to find out why they were breaking the neighbour's windows with a, a BB gun. Right. You sure it was a BB gun? It wasn't the nail that he was throwing into his Jacob's ladder that was just shooting <laughs> off at high speed. Well, you see that yes, it possibly, but in this case it wasn't. But that, that did occur to me. Um, what is brilliant though in this um, interview with Art, Mike's arresting officer Tom Hampton calls in the show, and he seems to surprise both Art and Madman. Oh, only in America. I know. I only know. in America with the guy, A, who was involved in the case, the cop who was involved in the case, be listening to Coast to Coast. Um, he'd also phone in and go, oh, I'd like to see. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I think it's just wonderful. I mean, th- when you listen to the tone of it, you can tell, like, Mike isn't... The, the reason that Art calls him Madman is because he really isn't mad. He comes over incredibly sensibly right. and so it's an ironic nickname it's an ironic nickname and he is not a bad person in any way right. he just he just wanted to get this experiment done and i think that comes over in tom's language i think he feels like he you know if only he'd asked to borrow the transformers he wouldn't have been in this trouble tom being the copper tom being the copper right as in policeman, not as in copper coil. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to be really clear, haven't we here? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I thought that. Yes, exactly. The copper, copper uh, as the man, not the wire. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Art says, "Are you going to be doing this again?" And he says, "Well, I haven't got any money, and I haven't got any parts now because the police have taken them." So he decides that he's going to give out his telephone number. And as we later find out, for three days he gets non-stop phone calls. People offering him money, people offering him advice, people offering him laboratories. Wow. So so it's just so I'm clear, he's made the claim on the radio that this, whatever it was, screw or nut or whatever it was he threw into the Jacob's Ladder, yeah, it, it, it blinked, disappeared. It blinked out of existence, yes. It came back, but it, it disappeared and came back. That's right. Got you. 
So if we then forward wind a year to the, the next and last interview, well, this is the last interview on Coast to Coast. There are other check-ins, but this is the most interesting one. By now, Mike has built his next machine and is much more powerful and significantly larger than the first. Whilst the original machine worked on the level of kilowatts, this machine is pushing out 3 million watts. Wow. Also, instead of a CD laser, Mark is using, Mike is using... Who's Mark? Mike is using a rotating magnetic field, just as they used in the Philadelphia experiment. Ah. His reasoning is that rotating magnetic fields are more efficient. It's got to be more efficient than a CD laser, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. He also intimates to, to Art that he's going to have a go himself. He's going to get inside the machine. Oh, that's a bit dangerous. Right. We all know what... We were mentioning the fly earlier. We know what, we all know what can happen there. All the Philadelphia experiment. It, <laughs> now, it, come on. You sure he, his nickname isn't right? That is Mad Mike behaviour. Well, you see, they have this conversation about whether they should put a live animal through it first. Right. He's sort of thinking, grasshoppers, there's talk of a cat. Right. It's, it's okay. The cat never goes through. It's right. okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but Art says, you've got to let me know before you jump because we want conclusive proof. And um, at the end of the show, Mike gives out his address instead of his phone number. Anyone interested can come round to his house. And in this last interview, one of Art's listeners who had helped Mike after the first show asked Mike about the couch incident. Mike wasn't sure if he could tell the story on air or if he had told the story on air. So he tells it again. One night when they're partying, I don't know what that means, drunk, I suppose. One of his friends jumps on the couch and asks for a beer. When Mike retrieves the beer, he noticed his couch was missing. He said, hey, guys, where's my couch? He thought they were playing a joke on him. He looked everywhere for it, even outside. Um, the, only, you know, the only thing he could think of is that they put it outside. But they can't get it outside because of his large transformers are blocking it. They say, no, no, Mike, we put it into the vortex. Well... Yeah. So, so so this one disappeared, didn't come back. This one disappeared and didn't come back. And this is when we suddenly start thinking, well, there's more going on here. So we've got this man in this warehouse-type facility pumping 3 million uh, watts through this device and is disappearing couches. Wow. Mike suddenly disappears in 1997. And the legend has it that he was never heard from again. Now, we'll come to that. But it starts what is... It's the Sun in uh, Australia, I found a, an article from them. They say it is one of the biggest time travel mysteries of all time. Um, they, they say, and, and this, this story is, is quite interesting, so I will relate it. They say shortly after he vanished... A listener on uh, Art Bell called in to relate a story that he had found. In the 1930s, cops found a dead man on a beach in California. The man was crushed to death in a strange metal tube and a mysterious device was found near his body that looked very much like a modern-day mobile phone. He wasn't sitting on a sofa, was he? <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't. But, you see, The Sun then says, last year... Mike appeared to resurface online and rubbished the wild claims that he had travelled to the 1930s and died. 
And according to these reports, his local radio station had interviewed him in 2015. He's using the real the, the username Real Madman Markham. So his last he goes on Art Bell. Um, what in '96 is the last time? Is the last time says he's going to throw himself into the machine and try mm-hmm. it out himself. Yes, invites people round if they want to see it or not. He then disappears and he resurfaces in 2015. Mm-hmm. But there is this story that he basically disappeared back to the 1930s and been killed yes. in so, Australia, right? Yeah, so the reason that he comes back with the username Real Madman Markham is to dispute those theories. Yeah. And he says, Rumours are ablazing that I am dead, not well, and had time travel to 1930-something where I died on a beach in a tube. <laughs> Whoever posted those pictures of a redhead, is also that is also not me. The, the fact remains, really... So he goes through this and just sort of points out... Um, Does he say what did happen? Well, so I'll come on to that. OK. Um, but the, the fact remains that as we go on with this story, I want you to know there is nobody has provably heard from him since that last call to Art Bell. The only contact is through this message board... Right. right. So he has not phoned. Uh, so obviously Art Bell isn't with us anymore. He hasn't phoned George Nuri. He hasn't contacted any media. He hasn't done any of that. He's just working on these forums. Can I can I do a bit of kind of due diligence yeah, questioning yeah, yeah, yeah. here? Um, so when he first appeared on Coast to Coast, did uh, is there any evidence that any of this actually happened? Or could it just be... Mad Mike making up a story and, you know, coast to coast going, well, let's just go with it. And, you know, I know we had the police guy came on, but that could have been someone else, right? Is there a trail of this stuff? Yeah, yeah, well, there are, there are people who gave him money right. that we know of, yes. There are people that gave him money. There are people that gave him resources. Yeah. When, so when he, when he disappeared, all of that got cleaned up. When he so allegedly the story that is told, although not from his lips directly and not that I can attribute to him, yeah. is that he wakes up in a field many miles away from where he um, went into the vortex, some eight hundred miles away from where he went into the vortex. Right, and it's many years have passed, and he comes back and everything's gone. Wow. But we don't know that that's true, you see. We do know that he definitely had these facilities. We do know that he stole those devices. Right. That, uh, that's what and, I was kind of getting at. Oh, so yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah. record that he stole the oh, Transformers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's okay. record. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, he, there's local press all about it at the time. Right. Because um, he didn't really hide those original ones. They're in his porch. I mean, his porch, it sounds... It's not a British porch. It's not like... um. You know, it's not there's just where you put your feet, put your shoes here. Oh, and mind yeah, my enormous you, industrial generator. Yeah, yeah. Um, multiple. <laughs> multiple transformers, not generators. Um, he has sort of blocked it up and boarded it up. But even so, it's still sort of outside the house. People know this guy is is sort of, he's like a Doc Brown. Yeah, you know? he really is. And also transformers must make a noise, don't they? They do make a noise. And, and of course, we've got the evidence that he browned out the town. Yeah, true. Okay, cool. Um, so he, he says... Um, so we're back in 2015. He's reappeared on these message boards. He's reappeared on these, mes- these message boards. And 
there's a there's a number of people like before he starts posting it's because th- this has never gone away people are like what happens madman markham and i found this interesting poster who said look i think one of these four things happened either the u.s government abducted madman and forced him to try and make a time machine or they might may have offered to give him everything that he needed to make one and in the process also sequestered him from the outside world. That sort of, that goes along with um, people who claim to have made a water-powered car. That yeah. sort of idea. And my problem with that, in terms of the story as you've told it, is it doesn't feel like he was, he had some secret technology that nobody understood. He was just experimenting with normal stuff, right? So it must be, yeah. if it works, it must be able for somebody to replicate that without kind of going through all that fuss of kidnapping him and forcing him to do it you know what I mean? well there's a lot of people who basically are saying this is simple stuff i mean yeah this is sort of stuff that tesla was doing how come you were the only one to have experienced time travel yeah. and then there are other people going well how do you know he's the only one yeah. um yeah. so that sort of causes a ferrari but yeah. so you that's know, number one theory number two uh, he actually discovered how to time travel. I went somewhere in time and is able to unable to return to the present. So that is like the Doc Brown yeah. kind of thing. Which which I guess the fact that he reappears in 2015 would play into that narrative, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, he discovered how to time travel and died while travelling. He doesn't... Right. And this doesn't... 2015 incarnation is just somebody pretending to be him. Uh, yes, yes. Somebody replies to that... Um, well, maybe he just vaporised himself, um, which is, you know, it's possible. Um, or the US government had him snuffed for trying to discover that time travel, for whatever reasons, is feasible. Right. So, i.e., the government already knows about time travel, I want to keep it a secret. Yeah. But when he comes back, he does keep posting. And I found that his last post from June 2023, from the real madman Markham, He only sort of now replies in very, very, very short sentences. And he says, I'm working on DL and ML stuff now, cheaper, and is apparently based in Hawaii. So that means deep and machine learning is what he's talking about. So he's given up the the idea. But none of this really rings true for who he was. Like, um, he's, he's not... He's not contacting anybody that um, he who gave him any of the the money in the first place. These people gave <laughs> him. <he's> not. <laughs> well, no, no, but they gave him tens of thousands. Right. And if he really did travel in time and space, then like those people are owed some money because he's yeah. invented something here. Or, uh, I'll I'll go with the skeptic conspiracy. He didn't invent anything apart from a Jacob's ladder. Hyped it up did all this stuff, is a bit mad, Mike, gets tens of thousands of pounds from people in donations and does decide to go travelling, not time travelling, but to Hawaii. And that's where he's been living it up off the money. Yeah, Reappear yeah. in 2015, I'm out of cash. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, this appears to be the case. I mean, one of the stories about um, him surviving a time travel incident is that to get back to his... Um, original base where he's got all his stuff many years you know a few years after he's he's sort of left if you see what i mean yeah um he he because he's got nothing 
he decides to get a job and work his way back so he gets enough money for a ticket back to where he came from. But you see, that doesn't add up either because surely if you, t- if you travel 800 miles and let's say five years ahead of time, you can walk into a police station and say, look, something really strange has happened to me. Yeah, yeah. Can you help me trace my friend, my investor, yeah. my brother-in-law, anybody? None of that happens. A bit like there was, you know, that story of the guy who just appeared on the beach, the pianist one. It's like that, yeah. isn't it? You, you, so, you know, yeah, exactly. Okay. And to this date, he has really offered no... Uh, so I should say this forum, they do keep, well, they did at the start say, can you please offer us um, some proof that you are who you say you are? Yeah. And he, he sort of ignores those bits. And so what we've got is like a mini tribe of people who are like, this is the real madman yeah. or no, it isn't. Also, the other bit that I think is a bit dubious about it is that quote you said, and I, I know it wasn't quite like this, but, you know, oh, I'm not doing the time travel thing anymore. I'm doing, right. aroma, I'm doing aromatherapy. You know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah. hold on, you, you've, you've, you've managed to tackle time travel. You're just going to give up on that, are you? Well, that's, you see, that seems so unlikely, doesn't it? Um, that I've gone to live in a bus in Hawaii. Now... Yeah. I can understand if you invent time travel, it might make you a little bit mad. Yeah. But at the same time, you could be richer than Elon Musk if you really have done it. Yeah. yeah. And if you have done it and you can provide proof, that's probably if you were so minded, if you went knocking on Elon Musk's door, you'd have X time travel before you could shake a stick. Yeah. Yeah. Before you could shake a sofa. <laughs> yes. Or a cat at the sofa. Yeah. In a, a, yeah. But. Um, there is something strangely foreboding about this interview with Art because Art says every time traveller I have ever spoken to eventually disappears. Right. And who else do you reckon Art might be referencing here? John uh, Titer. John Titer, yes. 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 And there's some really interesting parallels between the two cases. So if you don't know who John Titer is... He claimed to be an American soldier from the year 2036. Basically, this bit I'm about to tell you, you can find on Wikipedia. There's there's no strange, um, there's no magic in this exercise. Um, He claimed to be a soldier from 2036, based in Tampa, Florida. He said he was assigned to a governmental time travel project and that he was part of the project. And he was sent back to 1975 to retrieve an IBM 5100 computer, which was needed to debug various legacy computer programs that existed in 2036. And he posted online between November the 2nd, 2000 and March 24th, 2001. Because then he dropped off in 2000 and 2001 because he was having a little break before he went back. Isn't that right? There was something like that. He decided to kind of switch his timeline for a bit. He did decide to switch his timeline, but the last timeline in our world line, the last post is March 24th, 2001. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. And he predicts loads of things like um, an American civil war. He, he, right, he yeah. predicts a, um, a nuclear uh, Armageddon in 2015. Yeah. And I don't think anything he predicted ever happened. No, there's like a couple of things which sort of happened. Like um, there's a tornado that he predicts. Right. that sort of happens but he can get away with it because guess what it's not his world line yeah, that's what he yeah. calls it the, the other weird thing i remember about john titer which uh because i know there's stories that there was a 
TV executive or media agent who was behind it. Or there's there's various various theories about it. The one weird thing of the story when I've looked into it is you kind of go, look, he's going back in time to the 70s to get this IBM computer. How ridiculous is that? But I think like a few years ago, um, NASA started advertising on eBay for IBM parts because they had a legacy computer system that needed them. Yeah. I think it was the parts from the same computer, yeah, yeah. which kind of went, everyone went, oh, okay, that is a bit weird. There is an IBM clock problem, which does occur. I think it's 2036, I think is, no, 20, sorry, 2036 is Titus' t- timeline. There is a, cl- a clock problem. I think it might be 2038 right. when there is an IBM clock problem. But of course, 2000, what are we all obsessed with? Yeah. yeah. Y2K. Yeah, yeah. Millennium bug. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's incredibly interesting because, so I was trying to find a definitive on John Titor. And actually, well, I'll tell you what I found. So there's a brilliant uh, online resource called the Rochester Magazine. They did a whole investigation into who Titor was and discovered lots of folk who they say didn't want to get involved at all or again. And um, apparently it's really divisive amongst people who are referenced in the whole John Titor story. Right. So much is written about Titor, they say, that you can Google the name and get lost in a rabbit hole for hours, if not days. But <laughs> the intriguing thing is, like Jeff, the mongoose, and like Madman Markham, there really isn't a definitive answer. Wikipedia will tell you that it's likely the creation of an entertainment lawyer right. named lawyer, Larry yes. Haber. Yes. He denies it completely. And the only reason he is named is because uh, he, uh, a PI who was hired by a TV show fingered him. So he says, so the, the, this, this person... But didn't he represent Titor? Is that part of the rabbit hole? He represented the fact that's the rabbit hole. Right. So he says this is all disinformation. Um, he claims to be representing Titor's family. Right. Um, but he won't, um, he says, is nothing to do with me. I was just doing that. Um, and then there's this, well, let me just, the reason I want to draw these comparisons, because I was thinking, I can't remember how Titor signed off. Yeah. Uh, because I now know, obviously, what the last post from Madman Markham was. And um, he goes through this whole sort of, it's a little soliloquy um, about uh, my secondary objective, basically to gather as much information about a world line based on a set of observational variables, blah de blah de blah uh, What amazes me is why nobody here um, wonders why Y2K didn't hit them at all. Again, Y2K, all that. And it, his last one is, bring a gas can with you when your car dies on the side of the road. Farewell. What he means by that is, it's too risky to jump in and help people. Right. But he leaves this enigmatic sort of... Um, he never provides any more proof. He never provides much proof at all, apart from some quite ropey photographs and these these things that don't come true that he can get out of. There are schematics, aren't there, his time machine? I yeah, yeah, that. but the schematics, I mean, look at them. It's yeah, like, they're not, they're not yeah. I could draw those schematics. You get meta schematics in a Doctor Who annual. And I remember a picture of a car with a battery in, which is very DeLorean-esque, isn't it? I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got... Titer and Madman. And when um, Madman is sort of just talking, he gets no evidence at all. 
And then this really made me think of Jeff because um, there's this book called Who Authored the John Titor Legend by Mike, I think you pronounce it Suave. Could be wrong. Mad Mike Suave. (laughs) Well, every time I look at his name, I think of the white wine. And I go, that can't be how you pronounce it, surely. Um, But listen to what he has to say. I've I've sort of, um, I've preceded this a little bit, but it's very interesting. And I think a little bit like what Christopher Joseph was saying to us. Whether or not the John Title story is real, it has afforded me a higher level of credulity regarding the time travel question. Having planted a flag on Amazon when he wrote, it, wrote the book, of course, I knew certifiable loons would contact me claiming to be involved in temporal hijinks. What I didn't grasp was that I was planting flags catalogued in time. Eerily credible individuals have shown up to speak to me about time travel at events when there was no pre-existing public knowledge I'd be there. The implication eventually dawned on me that I had posted of attending the, the event afterwards, predicting my presence only to somebody with knowledge of the future. I have no hard evidence, only glimmers of this nature, but as a theory, the breaching of temporality would explain a lot of the anomalous activity in the world today. Mm. And so a little bit like... Um, everybody else that is involved in this, you, you you go deep into it, you lift the hood, yeah. and then it starts looking back at you, and it's even yeah. stranger than you thought that it was. Yeah, and I, I see where you're getting the... Um, how it's analogous with Christopher Joseph and um, Jeff the Talking Mongoose, because when we interviewed Christopher, who wrote the book, the, uh, the best book, I think, in my view, on, on Jeff the Talking Mongoose, yeah, he said while he was working on it, just these little weird things happened. And he almost, I can't remember if he said it this way. I took it as he started off sceptical and, it, you know, and as it went on, more questions got raised than in any answers that he could find. And that sounds very similar. I guess a sceptic to this guy who's written this book on Titer and time travel I guess a sceptic would say, well, he would say that, wouldn't he, that time travellers have been turning up to talk to him. You know what I mean? It doesn't hurt the sales of the book. But just the way you described it, he sounds quite a bit like when we interviewed um, Christopher. He sounds like it was just weird what happened afterwards and it's just left him uncertain. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I bought the book digitally and I went through it and... There isn't really anything that I want to tell you apart from he speaks to a lot of folk and a little bit like the Rochester article, they don't really want to engage with him. And every time he thinks he's got an alley to go up, it becomes even blinder. But not just blind, but it has three or four um, intersecting roads that take him off in a new direction. And so you can never get to who owns the login, who was the person that um, was doing the live, because um, he did like AMA type chats of an evening, yeah. who was um, hosting the uh, those AMA chats, on what platform, you know, where, what actual computer was he doing it on? Nobody could ever get close to that, include, you know, specifically him who was looking for it. Yeah. And the fact that a TV programme hired a PI and all they could do was point at this entertainment lawyer you go, okay, fine. And and it goes back to what is the reason for doing it? Why would you do 
John Titor, because I, I assumed at the time this was a really clever way of introducing a, a new film or a character in a book. Yeah, yeah. Because um, John Titor sounds like a hero. It's a great name, yeah. It is a great name. And you go, well, okay, the John Titor novels are out, and uh, yeah. this is the author who, who did all the work. None of that. And again, um, Madman Markham, no, no products, uh, no more requests for funding, yeah. only a group of people that have been left. I mean, I would say out of pocket, but um, they donated. He didn't... Force them. He didn't con them or force them in any way, no. I, the, a couple of bits about Mad Mark... Mad Mark? <laughs> Mad. Mad Mike Markham um, that I was thinking... Because the way you described it, he he didn't... I think what's different between his story and Titer is the Titer one is a bit more Hollywood, a bit more glamour, isn't it? Man comes back to the from the future to, you know, predict all this stuff. It's like the classic stuff. You get them in the tabloid press every now and again, don't you? Oh, yeah. Whereas Mad Mike is more set in the present, if you think of it, in a kind of... Oh, it is, yes. And 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 also, from what you said, I, there's an implication of time travel, but it didn't seem like Mad Mike was necessarily saying it was time travel. He just knew these things disappeared, right, and sometimes reappeared. Well, the first time he mentions time travel is to the arresting cops. Right. Because they he thinks that he might get away with just, you know, being told that he's a loon. Yeah. And um and to just cease and desist rather than go to jail. Right. But it's that mention of time travel that gets art involved. And right. he doesn't know whether it's time travel or whether it's like just travel in space. Yeah. I guess that's my point in a way, that the Mad Mike story compared to Titer, the Titer story has more of a structured narrative, doesn't it? The yeah. Mad Mike one is a bit all over the place. Is he is he claiming time travel? You know, you've got this initial small, you know, whatever it is, screw or nut that disappears and comes back. The sofa disappearing is is almost preposterous. Do you know what I mean? And then him disappearing, it that Titus a much tighter story. Mm, you yeah, know what I mean? Whereas is, yeah. the the Mad Mike one is just a bit mad, and it's like like you said, to what ends? Yeah, I guess the skeptic end is maybe to con some people out of some donations to have a great life. The other question I had was, like we said, the the Mike case, the technology seemed pretty basic and simple. Surely there must be people who've tried to replicate it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the, surely people would have done it in the past as well. Yeah. Um, I haven't come across anybody because conventional science says doesn't work yeah they just say well you've got a plasma there and um i wouldn't touch it because it's pretty dangerous right i, I don't know that anyone at oxford university has tried to shove a sofa <laughs> through um through a plasma vortex uh, also the fact that if it's gone through the vortex it's going to turn up someone else isn't it well well you know just suddenly this sofa appear in some random place well you see there's a there's a quote that he he says well i won't say he says it's it is it's quoted by a news source but nobody everyone seems to think that he didn't say it um and i believe that in one of the interviews with art he says he didn't say it but he says um 
so he is he there's a there's a rumor that he's been evicted from his apartment. This is um, posted by the St Joseph News Press. Um, when he goes missing, they say that's what's happened, and um, uh, he then denies that he'd put a cat through the gizmo. And he yeah. says, you can't control where it sends items. Right now, this would only make a good garbage disposal. Right. But he says, like, right. that's what he was joking. He would jokingly say that about sending the screws through. He said yeah. he has never put a cat through there yeah. and he was never evicted. Right. Yeah, because I was thinking it'd be a great Amazon delivery system, wouldn't it? But if you don't know where it's going, no. it's, you're like, it, that's a great <laughs> quote, though, isn't it? It's just a good garbage disposal. It is, yeah. it is. But this is like this is the enigma of these devices and these people. They can never explain really how they work. They can only explain the mechanics of what they're seeing, and they aren't they aren't really replicable. Yeah. Well, they are replicable, but no one is going to do. You you know you'd have to be you need quite a lot of money to do what he did, except in the first instance where he just nicks some transformers and makes a screw disappear. Yeah. But again, even then, who's going to do that? The other thing I find interesting about this because your first gut reaction to all this stuff is there are all these. Uh, I mean, I'm quite obsessed with these little um, homespun inventors. There's something really kind of romantical about it, and mm. and um, and you almost go, well, it would never happen because you know there are big laboratories and big companies who would sort all this stuff out. But then you come across basic stories, like the guy who invented the wind-up radio. Oh yeah, I can't remember his name. English inventor. Yes, and he was on the Big Breakfast every day. Yes. Yeah, and people were like, uh, when he first pitched it, everyone was like, "Well, why do we need that? We've got batteries, and you know, he couldn't he couldn't get arrested with it." And then suddenly, somebody went, "Actually, this would be good for you know third world countries, or or remotely, you've got a radio that can wind up and be used." And suddenly, he's got this huge successful product, and you kind of think, "Well, surely some big." manufacturer would have come up with this idea but people do come up with you know simple ideas or things that have not been picked up before you know from their bedroom you know what i mean absolutely and one of the things that comes across in the art bell interview is art does know about um electronics right so um when he questions him about so there's a bit where um he talks about turning the electrical waves into square pattern waves and art describes how that would make them more controllable and they have like quite an in-depth conversation yeah. about that for a few seconds like i wouldn't i mean i get the concept of but i wouldn't be able to say that but they they hold a sort of peer-to-peer -peer level conversation yeah, yeah. about that that sort of thing wow interestingly this is what he looks like that's mad mike that's mad mike he looks a bit like um uh he's a bit kind of Kid Rock meets Metallica. That's right. Yeah, in a six-formy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looks like he invented. I, I'm in. I think he did. <laughs> he definitely invented it. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine him on the beach in Hawaii on his coat on his sofa. Well, I I really hope he's okay because he would be. So he was 21 in '95. Uh, so he's about. He's roughly our age. Yeah. So he's got plenty more to go. Yeah. And. Um, I hope he's not just um, living his life out in a bus and uh, lamenting the fact that he could have invented time travel. Yeah, well, as long as he's happy. 
As long as he's happy. Well, if he's not, he can always go back in time, can he? No, he probably no, can't. No, can't. No, well, he yeah. doesn't know where he's going. I mean, well, it shows, though, if he did believe that, that's quite um, it's quite bold to just throw yourself in there, isn't it? Well, all- Not even knowing where you're going. You could end up in outer space. Well, the other thing about Under it, the water. You could end up anywhere. You could end up anywhere. The other thing is, he didn't know if it would go forwards or backwards because he would end up in the um, yeah. uh, Back to the Future temporal anomaly of meeting himself. Yeah. Being carted off to prison. Wow! So we don't, we never, con- we never deal with the concept of going back. We only ever deal with the concept of being propelled forward. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating, though. Yeah. Well, that is Madman Markham, John Titor, and Jeff all brought together in one collection of peculiarities. And we had a bit of Art Bell as well. Oh, but Art Bell. Brilliant. That's that's so interesting. I like I like um, I like the connection between Titor and Mad Mike. It's just that eccentric. Oh, it was funny while you were doing the episode. I kept thinking about um, the Magic Castle as well. The Magic Coral Castle. Oh yes, of course. Because that's very similar, isn't it? This kind of you know he invented maybe something to do with strange magnetic fields and stuff like that. It's it's great. It's 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 a great narrative and an amazing story. I'd love to. I, I'd actually like to see that sofa reappear. Where where did it turn <laughs> up? <laughs> it's also got a touch of the um, Douglas Adams is in it because there is a sofa that plays a part in Douglas Adams. Yeah, if yeah. you recall that. Yeah. But I should say, um, uh, Jacob's ladders are very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Don't, for the love of all that is holy, go and rig one up. Because you or will create probably a time die. Machine you will no. You will probably don't, die. Don't steal transformers. I should have said. I've got a picture of one there. You can see. You can see what they look like. Ah, uh, yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, don't do it. Don't, Ask your science teacher if you're of that age. Yeah, and uh, don't don't get don't get a dodgy transformer again and again. It costs three pound ten. <laughs> I had to resist the uh, the urge to rem- to mention Optimus Prime, but I won't do that. Resist, resist. No, no, no. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that was brilliant, Ben. Thank you. That was really fascinating. Um, uh, well, if anyone knows more about that story, let us know. We, or if you'd come across that story before or got any theories, we'd love to hear about it. And if you are Mark, Ma- Mike Madman Markham... It's easy for you to say. <laughs> come and tell us. Yeah, let us know. Brilliant. Well, um, we'd like to thank... Uh, everyone for listening to the podcast uh, and supporting us if you got the time and you like what we do uh, like subscribe leave us a review really helps if you really like what we do visit us at patreon so that's patreon.com forward slash tqm pods and become a, a junior mechanic and get the podcast early with our ads and various other news and bits and pieces that we do on there. Any way that you can support us, we really help. We love that. Thank you. Cool. And we'll be back next week with, well, hopefully, we'll time travel back to the future next week for or the week after in the past for more Quantum Mechanics weirdness. Um, hello? <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm.
the quantum mechanics.